Hey, um, this video really spoke to my heart because how often do we find ourselves in the same place that this young lady found herself in? Here's the Lord, and he's trying to take away our trash. And we can say that here in church today. And it's such a difficult fight to give the Lord our trash. And then when he finally takes away our trash, we go back to the trash. And we say, well, Lord, let me just keep this one thing. This one piece of trash. And the Lord says, no, I take all of it from you. You know, as you sit here today, God desires for all of you to serve all of him. He doesn't want you to serve a piece of him. And he doesn't want a piece of you to serve all of him. He wants all of you to serve all of him. Can you get an amen for that? Can he get an amen for that? Amen. And, and just like this video, he says, I've already forgiven you. And I've already taken care of all the trash for you. And as we talk about deliverance, some of us need to be delivered from some smelly trash. Some trash that over time has been doing nothing but smelling up our lives. And you can testify, yeah, that's me. I, I kind of reek. I kind of smell. And last week we saw many lives that were touched and broken as we spoke about Ephesians and Ephesians chapter 6. And we talked about how when we open up the door and we give legal authority over to the enemy, he then places rulers of this, of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness, he places these principalities in Ephesians chapter 6 over our lives. And these principalities, we talked about how then they build up strongholds in our lives. And then these strongholds build up what? Us being bound. Us being chained up. And today I want to talk about three roads. And I'm not going to tell you three roads to deliverance because then I'm falsely, I'm falsely speaking the word of God today. And I'm doctrinally twisting the word of God today. And theology is off whack today. And I'm not going to tell you that there are three roads to deliverance because that is wrong. There's only one road to deliverance and that is Jesus Christ. Don't get it wrong, okay? Jesus is the road to deliverance. Not the priest, not the pastor, and not the person next to you. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one that sprinkled his blood. Amen. But I want to talk about three roads that we catch ourselves on. And don't get me wrong. These are not three roads to deliverance. Because there's one road and it's Jesus. But these are three roads that we find ourselves bound to. And three roads that I want to speak to you today about. The first one is in first, well, not the first one. I'm going to give you the first verse, and it's going to label each one of these rows that I want to talk about today. And it's in First John chapter 2. We're going to go ahead and read verses 15 and verse 16. I love the way First John says this, because look how he starts off in verse 15. He starts off with saying, listen to me, do not love the what? The world. Don't love the world. For the things that are in this world, I wish I had a globe. I should have brought a globe today because I would have brought out a globe right now and I would have said, you see this planet? Don't love this planet. I know you want to save the planet and you want to hug the tree and you want to save humanity, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. That's good stuff. Do that. Save the tree, hug it, and save the manatee and fight for whales. That's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what, that's not what we're talking about here in Scripture. As he's writing, he says, here's the world. 
Don't love the world, but watch this. Don't love the things that are of this world. Awesome scripture. Why? Because if anyone that loves this world, again, pretend I have a globe in my hand. If you love this world, the love of the Father is what? In him. No, you should have stopped me right there. It's not in him. So here's this globe. As John is writing those, the, the book of 1 John, he whips out the globe. And he says, hey, guys, church, you see this globe? He goes, don't love it. And don't love the things that are inside of it. Because if you love the things that are inside of this world, watch this. Ready? God's love is not in you. Whoa. That's big. You know what that's called right there? A revelation happened in that verse. For the first time, the church got a revelation and said, whoa. You're telling me I can't love the things of this world, but my wife is in this world. My children are in this world. My job is in this world. That's not what we're talking about today. Look what he continues to say. For all that is in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the what? World. I'm going to talk today about three roads. Here we go. Ready? Number one, the lust of the flesh. I'm going to ask the lust of the flesh to come up. So as he's writing, he says, listen to me. Do not love this world. Because in this world, there is a road that you cannot walk on. Don't get it wrong. Do not walk in the lust of your flesh. And right when he says it, like, okay, I won't do it. But he says, I'm not done. Number two. And he goes on, he says, do not walk in the what? Lust of your what, church? Say it loud. Eyes. Lust of the eyes. Come up. And he says, I'm not done. I'm not just telling you not to walk with the lust of the flesh. But don't walk with the lust of your eyes either. And I'm still not done. Number three, come up here. And he says, do not have the pride of life. I mean, this is powerful stuff, church. And I want you to catch these three roads. He's saying, if you love the world, these are your friends. <laughs> this is who you're hanging with. <laughs> and he says, if you grab these roads, you're hanging out with them. Don't walk on these roads. The lust of the flesh. I picked a pretty good guy for that one, huh? He's pretty strong. And I promise you, I just gave it to them because they were standing next to me during worship. <laughs> the lust of the eyes. The pride of life. Don't do it, he says. Don't do it because it's not of the Father. Say it with me, church. It's of the what? World. World. I'm going to ask only the lust of the flesh to stay up here today. And I'm going to ask the other two roads to sit down. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> In this scripture, it tells us not to love this world. And it goes on to tell us these three reasons why. And as we walk down these three roads today, know that this right here, that they are part of a system that is trying to destroy your very life. Write that down. It is a satanic system that is trying to overpower your life. 
These three roads that I'm going to talk about today are roads that oppose the work of the Lord in your life and oppose the kingdom from falling here on earth and oppose the kingdom and the might of the kingdom to fall in your family. How many of you are praying for your family to get saved and you fast and you pray and you shout and you cry and you scream and you yell and God says, that's good, but get off these three roads. Get off the roads. You want them to get delivered? Get off the road and get in Jesus. I'm sorry, guys. He says, number one, road number one, get out of the lust of the flesh. Get out of that satanic system of the flesh, carnal-minded set. And get set free. See, if someone wants to get delivered, we're going to walk through these three things. The Greek word for lust is epithomia. And the word epithomia means this in its Greek. It means to long or to desire or lust after something that is forbidden. That is the Greek word. To lust and desire after something that is forbidden, that is wrong. How many? Don't raise your hand, please. How many of you, do not raise your hand, please, have lusted, have desired And have wanted something that you know is forbidden. And you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't have done it. And you should not do it tomorrow. And here is 1 John saying, that's what I'm talking about today. Do not desire that thing. When you grab the Greek word of flesh, it's spelled S-A-R-X in the Greek, sarx. And it means to be carnal and fleshful, to be carnally and fleshly minded. Now, do not miss the message today. The lust of the flesh means this, to have a longing, to have a desire after a carnal and fleshly mindset. Now, write this verse down as we study this. Ready? The first verse I want to describe to you and read to you is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, as we take notes today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Beloved, I what? Peter's awesome. You see the heart of a pastor there? Do you guys see the heart of the pastor? He's writing the letter of Peter and he says, Beloved Christians, church, I what? I beg you. You see the heart of a pastor there. As sojourners, look at this, as pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lust, which what? War against the what? So, another translation says, I warn you. As temporary residents, as foreigners, keep away from the worldly desires, watch this, that wage against your very soul. Fleshly lust. Those are the desires that in the flesh are contrary or opposite to the will of God. When we struggle with road number one, the lust of the flesh, I want you to understand what this means. It is everything that is contrary to the will of God. I'll give you a perfect example of what lust of the flesh is. When you put one of your feelings higher than God's word. When God says, do not be with that person anymore. But then you say, but Lord, I feel this certain way about that individual. And I know I'm going to win them over for Jesus. And you're wrong. You could sleep in, 
The message will be on podcast. You could have church on Sunday night at your house. Church, ready? Yeah, that's a way to be enthusiastic. (laughs) When we put our flesh over his will, when we put our desires over his desires, when we put our mind over his mind, when we put our wants, you get it? Over his wants. That is the lust of the flesh. You're not going to be blessed. So here he goes and he writes down, do not lust of the flesh. It's contrary. It's opposite to the will of God. And I want you to know this today, beloved, that our body, our flesh, it's entirely worldly. If you think you woke up in the morning, your body looking good, you got that pack rolling, listen to me. Everything about our flesh, it's sinful. It's nothing's good. From when you wake up, you think about something bad. When you go to sleep, you're constantly fighting against something bad. How many of you live your life saying, I shouldn't think that, I shouldn't think that, I shouldn't think that, I shouldn't go there, I shouldn't shouldn't speak like that. Because your flesh wants to, but your spirit says, no, fight against the flesh. The Bible says what? That the flesh is what and the spirit is what. Say it with me. Ready? The spirit is what? Willing. But the flesh is what? Weak. You've ever been there? I want to serve God. Man, she looks good. I want to serve God. I want to do it. And you're all messed up in your mind because you're fighting road number one, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, road number one. Are we learning something today? Our flesh, its entire world, it's entirely, it's entire. Don't say, well, this part of me is... Is a little worldly and secular pastor, but this part is really trying hard. Listen, you're filthy. The Bible says that you were conceived in iniquity. You were born in sin. There's nothing good about you. What makes you good? The righteousness of Christ. Come to Christ and you'll be made righteous. Amen. And that's it. That's biblical. That's biblical. That's biblical. We're not a church that says you're a good person and because you're good, you might make it to heaven. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that we're all wrong, we're all filth, we all fall short. Who's all? You and me, black and white, red, yellow, purple, blue. It doesn't matter. We all fall short of the glory of God. For no man is good, but we are made good in the righteousness of Christ. Get rid of the flesh. Flush flush the flesh. Okay? Destroy the lust of the flesh. Destroy it. Now, I'm going to prove to you how Jesus understood this. If you're taking notes, awesome scripture to learn this message right here. And turn to Matthew with me really quick. Chapter 26. Are you okay? All right. Awesome. <laughs> 26. I'm going to read 40 and 41. How many of you are there? Say amen. amen. We're learning, right? We're learning. Someone say I'm learning. Good. Here we go. Then he came to his disciples. Who's he? Jesus. And he found them what? Sleeping. I would love to do that, right? Go to a church member's house. Pastor's here. You weren't at church today and you find them sleeping. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. This guy's crazy. He's starting to visit our house. Imagine that. I'm going to start sending deacons and leaders out on Sundays. They're not here. Go to their house right now. Hello. You there? Church starts in 30 minutes. Hurry up, get dressed, get up and hurry up, run to the church. You're late. You're late, you're late, you're late. Beep, beep. I mean, that might work. We might see the, the ministry multiply and we might see 500 people in here next Sunday. So we might do it next week. No. So here's Jesus. He comes to his disciples. Knock, knock. Who's there? Me, dummies. He finds them sleeping. 
And he looks at Peter because he's the leader of the disciples. If you study the disciples, there was always a leader. Peter was the leader who was the head of the Jerusalem council. So Jesus looks right at the leader, the most influential, and says, you, you think you're all that. You always stick your foot in your mouth. You always want to be the greatest. You always want my attention. So I'm going to give it to you right now, Peter. Ready? What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Who's he talking to here? All three. But who's he really talking to? Peter, yeah. Come on, sucker. I'm talking to you. You want the attention from me. You want to be used. You want to be great and mighty. You couldn't listen to one command. Stop sleeping, Peter. Watch and pray lest you what? Enter into say loud. Because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is. What do we learn from this scripture? That the right thing to do is what? To be obedient to the Lord. But the disciples' flesh got the best of them. Now catch this lesson if you're taking notes. What happens when the flesh gets the best out of you? Write this down. What happens to you when the flesh gets the best of you is this right here. We are more accessible to enter into fill in the blank temptation. Catch this lesson that we learn. That when we do not listen and are obedient to the word of God, the temptation becomes more, it becomes bigger, it becomes more touchable. And I'll give you a perfect example. Saul one day, Samuel said, Saul, kill all the enemies of God. And Saul said, all right, I got it. That's easy. I'll kill him. I like to kill. That's good. Saul goes to the field. Starts to axe away the enemies. And he leaves the king and he leaves some of the animals behind. And Samuel comes knocking at his door and says, Saul, you didn't do what God told you to do. You, you left some of the enemies' goods behind. You were supposed to destroy them all. And Saul says, what are you talking about? We killed them all. We did it good. And he says, no, you left some and we've preached on this before, that half obedience is still full disobedience. And what happens to him right there? This is what happened to Saul. Because the lust of the flesh was so much, well, I could keep some of the good from the enemy. And I could, what, benefit and profit out of it. Well, that's not what God said. God says to destroy it all. Why? Because if you are just a little disobedient, you're opening up the door for a full wide temptation to come into your life and eat you full. You can't prove that. Yes, I can. Samuel looked right at him and said, guess what? what? Now the kingdom is snatched from your hand and I give it to someone greater than you. Why? Because disobedient opened up temptation. You fell to temptation. The person that was greater than you received the blessing of God. You guys got that? This is good stuff. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh makes it more accessible to temptation. This is why Joel in chapter 34 verse 15 says this. Job 34, 15, if you're taking notes. Some people pronounce it Job, but it's Job. And it says, all flesh would what? Perish together. And man would return to the what? To the dust. You're doing a great job. Can we give him a hand? You can sit down. I'm going to call you back up in a little bit. I'm going to call him back up in a little bit. Give him a rest. Look at Job 34. All the flesh would perish together. And man is going to return back to the dust where they came from. What do we learn here? That we need to be delivered from what? From the mindset, from being comfortable of the flesh. 
Why? Because the end of our flesh is dust, it's death, it's no good, it's not going anywhere. Trust me, destroy your flesh today. But I love it. Who cares? Destroy it. God hates it. I'll prove to you why God does not care about your flesh. The Bible teaches us very clearly that when we enter into the kingdom of God, we will not be fleshful beings. But can you say it with me? We will be nothing but what? Glorified beings in heaven. If God really cared about your flesh, he would want you to be a fleshful being in heaven. But God says, no, I will transform you and make you into a glorified being. Why? Because God wants to glorify you, not to keep you fleshly. I want to go deeper really quick in what the lust of the flesh is. We have a lot of information today. I'm going to try to speak it all today. If not, we'll continue next week. Let's get deeper into the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. And we're going to go all the way to verse. We're going to just read 19, 20, and 21 right now. And then we're going to go later on to the next two verses, 22 and 23. Here we go. Now the works of the what? I'm not lying to you. Galatians even says it. We're going all around the Bible. And I, I, I. You see what I'm saying? We're all around the Bible. Galatians says this. Now the works of the flesh are what? Are amongst us. And another translation says evidence. They're among us. They're evidence. I'm reading from the NIV uh, today on this verse. And it says this. Here they are. Here are the lusts of the flesh. Number one, they are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, where it keeps going, verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions. You know what contentions is? Let's not even go where contentions is. Because the, the, what struggles the most with contentions, you'll be surprised what struggles, what living organism struggles the most with contentions. Anyone want to take a wild guess? All over the world. Anyone want to take a guess? No one wants to take a guess today? We're having a good time. Will? Humans. One of the number one people and one of the number one organisms that struggle with contentions is the body of Christ. Watch this. Here we go. Jealousies. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions. Remember, these are the works of the flesh. Dissensions and heresies. Envy and murders. You know what the Bible says about murders? Poof. That's not what murder is. The Bible says that if you have hatred in your heart, you've already what? Committed murder in your heart. Murders. Drunkenness, reveries, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past. What is he trying to say here to Galatia? Listen, I've already warned you. This is the second warning you get. How many more warnings do you want? Get out of your lust. Get out of your flesh. Stop the nonsense, he's telling them here. Those things in which you practice will not inherit the what? If you practice such things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I want this altar today. If you didn't get delivered last week, get delivered from these things today. Because the Bible says such will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't want to get to heaven and say, God, where's so-and-so? They didn't make it. Why? Because they struggled with Galatians. They had these things in their lives. I love what Nelson's Bible commentary says. It says, where there is such behavior, it is positive proof that the person is not living under the Holy Spirit, but is being energized by Satan and the host of Satan. Nelson's went out there, man. He says, boom, I'm going to say it in your face. Nelson said, those people that live under this uh, verses, here it is, ready? They're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not working under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but they're working under the energy of Satan himself. You're like, wow. 
When we look at a room at this size with this amount of people, we can almost be sure that there are some people in this room today that do fall under some or at least one of these categories that we're talking about here this morning. And that leaves you with an option. Ready? Here it is. Get free. Get free or stay bound. You need deliverance today if you're struggling with this stuff. If you're filled with outbursts of wrath, if you have selfish ambition, if you're filled with idolatry, and I'm not saying that you're worshiping another thing. Sometimes the biggest idolatry that we commit is our very own lives. Jealousies, contentions, and dissensions, envy. They will not make it into the kingdom of God. Listen to me. Either we believe that the word of God is absolute truth or it is absolute lie. We don't grab one verse yes and one verse no. Either Genesis to Revelation is a true God-breath inspired word of God or it's not. How many of you are with me and say it is? If it is, get free. Get delivered. You won't make it. Don't wait till it's too late. Get it done today. Get rid of that baggage and let God deliver us. This is awesome. Why do I want deliverance? Because look at what verse 20, you know, God is awesome. And I always tell people this that start to preach. Man, if you want to hit people over the head, that's fine. But always give them hope at the end. Always, please. Don't let them walk out of here with their tongue out. I don't know what to do today. I'm going to hell. No. You're not going to go to hell if you make things right. How many can say amen? Guess what? He teaches, this, he teaches us this in Galatians. Look what the next two verses say. Watch this. This is why I want to be delivered. Go ahead and put it up. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, against such things, there is no law. Why do I want to be delivered? Because I want what the Spirit of the Lord has for me. I want to be delivered from envy and jealousies and contention and dissensions why why because i want what the holy spirit has for me i want love and peace and joy and long suffering and kindness and gentleness i want that how many of you say i want it yeah i want to eat off that steak right now i want some of that right there we want this but let's be honest it's difficult to achieve first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 the new living breaks it down like this don't you realize that your body is what the temple of the Holy Spirit. I love the way he writes because Corinthians was a messed up people. Let's get into the little historical fact over here about the church of Corinth. Corinth, they were doing orgies. Corinth, they were having um, spiritual parties that were leading towards sexual parties. I mean, they were drunk. They would have church. And in church, they would pass the wine around during Lord's Supper. Hey, Jesus loves you, buddy. They were getting drunk. So Paul was like, I can't take this church anymore. I'm going to knock them out. So he writes to the church of Corinth and he says, knuckleheads, listen up. Do you not realize that your body is not the body for wine and alcohol? That your body is not made for sex? That your body is not made for idolatry? That your body was made for what? As the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he lives in you. And he was given to you by who? Do you know why Paul says that? Do you want to know why Paul says that? Because he says, not only is it the temple of the Holy Spirit, but did you forget who wrapped up that present and put that fat bowl on it and says, because I love you, here it is, God gave it to you. And what are you doing? You are grabbing what God gave you 
and you're dirtying it with garbage. You're dirtying it with filthy living. God gave you that gift that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was given to you by God. You do not belong to, what does it say, church? Yourself. This is the lust of the flesh. Paul says you don't belong to yourself. Stop being so ignorant and stop being so selfish. You were made to serve God. You were made to preach Jesus. You were made to live for righteousness. You were made to be holy. You weren't called to be like your friends. You weren't called to be like your family. You weren't called to be bound. You were called to be more than a conqueror. You're not like everyone else, church. Get the big picture. Pop the bubble. Get free. You are made more, more, more than a conqueror. This is what he was telling the church. Get free from your lust of the flesh. Because the devil knows that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And no one knows the word other than God more than Satan. Trust me, the devil knows, and I'll prove it to you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Speaking to the church in Corinth again. And he says, God, can you say the next word with me? Will. Come on, because I want you to really see that I'm not preaching this, that it was already preached thousands of years ago. Yesterday, me and my wife were laying down in bed, about to go to sleep to get ready to come over here excited. How many of you are excited for what God is doing in our midst? You should be. You should be pumped up for what God is doing. Should be. Should be. You should be. If you're not, should be. Amen? If you come to new life, you're excited. You're pumped. You're energized. You're contagious. Amen? Now watch this. So we're laying down, and we're watching Billy Graham in black and white. Billy Graham, believe it or not, used to have beautiful blondish brown hair. You could even see how, look how beautiful it was. that You could even see it in black and white that he had this beautiful hair. That's, that's when you know you have good hair. And he was young, and he was preaching the gospel. And he was preaching the gospel that we preach every Sunday. And I looked at my wife, and I said, isn't that amazing? Did I say that to you? And I said, isn't it amazing that we could go years back, and it's the same gospel being preached? Now, why do I say this? Do you understand what has been inherited unto you? We preach the same gospel that Jesus entrusted the apostles and the disciples with. And here we are, you and me, we have the ability and the authority to say, I preach to you the same message that Peter preached when 3,000 were saved. I preach the same message that Peter and John preached when 5,000 were saved. I preach the same message to you that Billy, Billy Graham preached and thousands were saved. What's changed? Nothing. It's still the same gospel. It's still transforming and it's still working miracles today. Do you understand the inheritance that you have in your hands? You have a book that is more than letters on pages, but a book that is living and powerful and active and changing lives today. That's powerful stuff. So watch this. When I look at my life, I'm in the same category. Watch this and so are you. Don't get confused as Peter. Same category as Paul. You're under the same category as Billy Graham. Why? Because they didn't do anything but preach the gospel. They never did a miracle. Ready? The word that they spoke manifested and created the miracle. You guys got that? Amen. We hold something in our lives. If we just conquer the lust of the flesh, you, might, you never know. You might resurrect someone from the dead tomorrow. You might go to a funeral tonight and just say, get up. Can you imagine that? No, you can't. Here we go. God will destroy 
God will what? Anyone who destroys the what? For God's temple is what? And you are that temple. Guys, this is a powerful verse, man. If this doesn't straighten you out and say, okay, I'm going to get right. I don't know what will. I can't preach to you anything else. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth to a very fleshy people. If there was one picture under the lust of flesh, the church of Corinth, boom, would be in the dictionary under that lust of flesh. And he writes to them and says this. Ready? Hey, you see your temple that you've destroyed? Because you've destroyed the spiritual temple that God created in you, God will destroy you. But God is a loving God. Yes, he is, but he's also what? A just God. And because he's a just God, you receive the love of God and you receive the what? The wrath of God. Listen, this church will show you the love of God. But trust me, you mess with God, you might experience the wrath of God. Don't do it. Don't try it. Don't test it. It's hot. And that's what he was teaching here. Yes, there is the love of God, but don't get it confused. There is also the what? The wrath of God. Let's come against the lust of the flesh. Let's do away with our carnality. Let's do away with worldly behavior so that we don't have to deal with the destruction of God. How many of you can say amen? I don't know about you, but I want to discipline myself to defeat the lust of the flesh so that I can live in the fruits of the Spirit. If you write that down, I'm going to repeat it so you can write it down in your notes. Ready? Discipline yourself to defeat the lust of the flesh. So that you can live in the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to be very clear with you, because I don't want you to be preached a different heresy, doctrine that is not godly. Here it is. Ready? If you are fulfilling the lust of the flesh, there is absolutely no way that you're fulfilling the fruits of the Spirit. Get that down packed. Listen to me. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters, for you will love one more than the other. Listen, if you're serving flesh... You're not serving the Spirit. Are we there? So if you want the fruits of the Spirit, we need to get delivered. We need to get free from our flesh. I might just have to end here because there's so much information on the next one. And I'm not in a hurry. I hope you guys are ready to come back next week and hear part two, part three, whatever part. But I believe today God just wants to talk about the lust of the flesh. There's so many points on the next two points that I want to make that will stay here. I promise you until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I know you guys love Jesus, but no one wants to stay here until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Romans chapter 13, verse 4. Are we there? Just give me an amen. If the worship team could just stay put, I'm just going to play some... some we're just going to play some piano really quick and get ready to end. Romans 13, 14. Watch this. So here we are talking about the lust of the flesh. I hope you guys are learning what the lust of the flesh is all about. And I love. Guess who writes this again? Paul. I can't wait to meet Paul after I meet Jesus for a thousand years. Here we go. Paul says this, put on who? Jesus Christ. And make no what? You know what provision is? Make no home. Make no dwelling place. Make no provision for the flesh. Why? Because in making provision for the flesh, you are fulfilling its what? 
One translation says this. Rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. Clothe yourself. And do not even think about how, you to, how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is an awesome study in the lust of the flesh. I hope you guys are writing notes and learning. And you could always go back to our podcast and go back to our website and hear it again and write notes. But this is the word of God being preached to you today. And here is Paul. And he says, listen to me. Put on the Lord Jesus and make no home. Make no provision for the flesh. Because in making provision for the flesh, you are fulfilling the flesh and its lust. You guys remember what lust is? It is a desire. It is the want, the craving for something that is forbidden. And here's Paul. And Paul says, make no provision. Because you're going to fulfill the desire of the things that are forbidden in your life. Have you guys seen how the Bible is a puzzle? You guys are seeing that? Make no provision, church. Make no home. Because in doing that, you're fulfilling the lust of your flesh. And what do we read in Galatians? And fulfilling the lust of your flesh, they will not what? You learned today, didn't you? They will not inherit. Man, this is Bible being taught to you today. You should be excited. Do not inherit this lust because inheriting this lust leads you to destruction because you were not built for nothing else but to be the temple of God. And because you've destroyed the temple, the Bible says God will destroy you because you continue to live in the lust of the flesh. And if you continue to live in the lust of the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will die. You will perish. Listen, beloved. Listen, church. You will go to hell. You will. The last thing that I want you or anyone to be in this world is to be the rich man that is in hell and looks up and sees Lazarus the beggar. You guys remember that story? The rich man used to eat in his table. And when he would eat, the crumbs would fall on the floor. Scripture says that Lazarus would come on the floor like a dog and he would come and he would eat of the crumbs from the rich man's table that would fall. Scripture says that they both went to eternity and as they were in eternity, the rich man is in hell being tortured. And he looks up. No. Lazarus! How'd you make it to heaven? And I'm in hell, Bernie! Oh, Lazarus! How'd you do it? looks at God and says, dip your finger in my mouth so that you could quench my thirst. And God says, I'm sorry. There's a gulf in between that those that are up here cannot go down there and those that are down there cannot reach up here. 
then please, God, let me go back for one day, one second to tell my family that hell is real and that heaven is real. It's real. I can't believe I didn't listen. I can't believe I went to church. I can't believe that I had Lazarus eating from the crumbs of my table and I never did anything about it. Please, God, one second, one minute, let me go back and tell my family, my children, I don't want my children to go to hell. Please, God, let me go back. And God says, no. That's why I have the prophets of the land. They will talk to your children and they will talk to your family about heaven and hell and that it's real. You mean there's no hope for me? Sorry, rich man, that you continue to ignore my commandments. You've continued to fulfill the lust of your flesh. I'm sorry, but you're in eternity now. The last thing I want is for anyone here to say, Pastor Rigo, new life. God. And God says you gratified the desires of your flesh and because you fulfilled the lust of your flesh, you could not inherit into my kingdom. I'm sorry. But I knew you. I casted out demons in your name and I preached the gospel to thousands. I knew you. I went on mission trips. What do you mean? I prayed for people that went up on the altar call. I never knew you and you never knew me. Depart from me. You that live and work in iniquity and in sin. But I knew you, God. I casted out demons. I remember they foamed and they screamed. Those are all works. I never knew you. Today, someone's life is going to be changed forever. Today, someone is never going to be the same again. I feel it. Demons, get out now in Jesus' name. Satan and every lie of the enemy, I rebuke you out of this place right now in Jesus' name. I destroy every lie of Satan right now in the lives of the believers. And I proclaim freedom and liberty right now that the lust of the flesh will be conquered. I'm believing right now for your might, for your power, for your glory. I'm going to end with this verse today. And as you examine your life, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says it clear for you. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit. And beloved, it says this, and you shall not fulfill the what? The lust of the flesh. With all reverence to God, if you could just stand quietly with me today. Worship team makes the way to begin to worship God like there's no, like this is going to be the last time we ever worship God. 
I want us to worship God till there's no more tears. Till there's a pain so deep in our stomach that we feel like vomiting and we can't. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the what? The lust of the flesh. We couldn't even get to the rest of this message because God is really speaking to the lust of the flesh today. With every eye closed right now, The Lord is telling you today, like Galatians chapter 5 says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Church, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, not in the lust of your flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Today, if that's you right now, Come up to this altar. I'm believing for. I'm believing, I'm believing for such a deliverance, such a freedom in your life like never before. Don't worry. Don't hold back. Today, let the power of God fill your life right now. If there's anyone right now, the altar's open. And say, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit. No more of this nonsense. I'm going to walk in the Spirit today. If there's anyone, just come up. We're going to worship. If you need to go, it's about 15 minutes before 12. It's fine. Whatever you do, we're not done with this study. Invite everyone you know next Sunday. I want to go to Costco and buy more chairs because of how many people you need to invite, you got to invite. So invite everyone you know so that they don't miss part three and part four of this sermon. But right now, if you need prayer right now because you're struggling with the lust of the flesh. Listen, you could be a Christian for 10 years or for 10 minutes. This is for someone in this place. God wants to deliver you today from the lust of your flesh. So the altar's open. Let's pray together. If you're fine and you're okay and your flesh is awesome, I challenge you, worship God with everything that's inside of you. Cry, let it burn. Don't hold back. Worship God today. Hallelujah.
came up here many of them will never be the same again transformed forever never looking back 
never looking back. Lord, that this will be a testimony. A testimony of what God is. A testimony of the power of Jesus. A testimony of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Lord, that every single one of them will begin to testify starting tomorrow of what a God they serve. Lord, we thank you. Church, before we close off in prayer, I don't know if you understand what God is doing here. But God's delivering people. God's working in power today. God is preparing his people in these days. I'm going to encourage you. I believe there's something special in this place. And in this place is not the only place where you can find what's special. Don't get me wrong. If you only understood that you could carry what is going on in this place outside these doors. If you only understood that. But the truth is a lot of people, they don't know where to go. They don't know who to turn to, where to turn to. And we know a lot of people that need a touch from God. Last week, the week before, last week, this week, the last three weeks, we're experiencing the hand of God just move. I don't know where God is taking us, but he is breaking something that has been clogging up our atmosphere for a long time. We're seeing the move of the Holy Spirit in this church like we've never seen it. We're a place that we believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what you're seeing before your face is manifestations of the gifts and the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Guys want to be delivered want, desire to be delivered. Live live a delivered life. Don't get rebound. Don't get yourself bound up again. Live free. Live bound only to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to do something. Because I believe that where the word of God is preached and it's the true word of God you'll see the move of God. Many churches are not preaching the true word of God. And many churches are not seeing the true move of God. Guys, bring your parents, bring your children, bring your family, bring your friends. Let them be exposed to the true word of God where then they can see the true move of God. I'm going to encourage you to pray fast if that's what God is leading you to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm encouraging you to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting however, and fasting however you want to do it. On your knees every day. And say, Lord, who do I bring? Lord, who needs to get delivered? Lord, who are you going to use me to touch today? I really am praying for this place 
to get so packed because they people that are just filled with the desire to get delivered and see the work of God in their lives. Amen. So I'm praying you, I'm praying for you, and I'm asking to go out. The Bible says that we are fishers of men. Get your fishing rod. Get the hook. Put the bait. Let it rip. And catch one by the mouth. Reel them in. And bring them into the kingdom. Bring them over here. And let's see their lives be transformed. How many of you can say thank you, God, for transforming my life? Next week, we're going to talk about the second road. All right? The lust of the eyes. You don't want to miss that. All right? We talked about the lust of the flesh. Now we're going to talk about the lust of the eyes. Come next week, ready for the Lord to move. Bring someone. Bring someone. How many of you have been delivered? Just pray together. Ready? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for today, oh God. We worship you for this awesome service. Lord, you're doing something mighty in our lives. And I think I got it. It's because we're moving our hands out and we're allowing the hand of God to move. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that we will never forget that this is your home, these are your people, and I am yours, we are yours, they are yours. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that this deliverance that you're taking us through as we break down what true deliverance is, that we will not lose focus, that we will not look back, that we will not, not go back to being delivered, but that we will live a life free to sin and now a slave to Christ. Lord, these hands that are up praying to you have been delivered. And thank you today for delivering our lives. And I pray that next week that we will have a big problem here, that our AC will break because of how many people are in here. That, Lord, chairs will not be fit in here. That we'll have to sit on the floor and on the steps of the stage because people are hungry for the word of God. So, Lord, use us. Let your power manifest through us to win, to reach out, and to bring someone to the gospel and to the work of the Holy Spirit. We love you, and we thank you today for this time. It's in your powerful name. Jesus Christ, and together we say, Amen. Amen. Give God a hand. <laughs>